Hello everybody, welcome back to the As I See It podcast here today with another episode of Barca Basin. First and foremost, forgive me, I have shouted, I have screamed, I have jumped for joy over the last 120 minutes watching Barcelona beat Granada, coming from behind 2-0 down Managing to win the game 5-3. What a game. What a result. What a performance. And finally, we adopt the winning mentality we've been craving for such, such a long time. Ultimately, it means that we are through in the Copa del Rey to the semi-finals. Of course, I'm speaking about today's Copa del Rey quarterfinal match. Granada versus FC Barcelona. And what a game it was. Once more. Once more, we were away from home, had that to deal with. We've only played once at home this whole uh, month. <laughs> but today, as I said, we were away from home at the Nuevo Los Carmenes um, in the Copa del Rey against Granada. And they threw up, well, they threw up many a problem for Barcelona. But ultimately, we were the ones that came out the victorious Goals for Granada coming from Kennedy, Roberto Soldado and Fede Vico or Viso. Uh, and goals for Barcelona coming from two from Antoine Griezmann, two from Jordi Alba and one from Frankie de Jong. Unbelievable stuff. We were going out of the cup two minutes from the 90 and Griezmann pops up with the all-important goal before Jordi Alba adds the second to restore Barcelona faith and Barcelona hearts. I just, uh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to process what I've just witnessed, what I've just watched. uh, watched. Um, Let me read out some of these stats. (laughs) The possession for today's game, we had 79%. The total shots for today's game, we had 36 20 shots on target to Granada's four. 18 corners to Granada's none. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And we were this close. By a hair, we were going out of the cup. Unbelievable. Un-un-unbelievable. Oh my goodness, we have so much to talk about, so let's not waste any time and let's start with the Barcelona lineup. We had Marc-Andre Ter Stegen preferred to Neto in goal for today's game. We had a centre-back partnership of Ronald Arajo and Samuel Mtiti. Uh, Ronald Koeman opting to continue um, putting his faith in those two players. Then we had uh, Sergio Roberto coming for his first start since coming back from injury at right back and we had Jordi Alba on the left. Uh, Then we had a midfield trio of Frankie de Jong, Pedri and Sergio Busquets and an attacking trio of Trincao on the right, Antoine Griezmann on the left and Lionel Messi occupying the middle. Interesting to see Trincao getting the nod over Dembele. Um... Dembele in today's game being used as an impact substitute and uh, he certainly did make an impact and also Pedri being preferred to Ricky Pooch ultimately um, I think just the importance of the game Ronald Koeman went with what he felt was the strongest 11 that he could put out uh, minus Dembele uh, I think <laughs> and ultimately opted for um, for Pedri in the middle over uh, over the likes of Ricky Puch or in fact uh, Miralem Pjanic 
But that was the lineup. My goodness, was I happy with it? I would have liked to see Pooch start, I have to be honest with you, and I would have started Dest over Sergio Roberto uh, in the back. However, Dest today, when he came on, um, was quite unimpressive actually uh but we'll speak about it all and more um also i was kind of glad that umtiti got the start i have to say he has been performing well lately today ultimately he made a very big mistake that almost cost us the game but yeah i i'm still waiting for umtiti to prove himself on a consistent basis um enough to be the starter alongside ronald arajo someone that's definitely not in any 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 doubt of being a starter for me is Ronald Arajo. He was um, he was just unbelievable. I just have no words. I can't understand how a player this age, this young, can come into the Barcelona backline when it has problems on problems on problems on problems on problems, and just be such a commanding, powerful, strong, aggressive, quick, pacey, just unbelievable footballer. Where truly blessed to have Ronald Araujo. We really, really are. Frankie de Jong in the midfield, no surprise there. Absolute pivotal player for us. Um, and today was no different. I am so, so impressed with Frankie de Jong. I'm so, so happy that he's now performing at what uh, what we know he's capable of because it's unbelievable. And Antoine Griezmann, another one. He's coming good. He really is consistently now. Um, and that is the most important thing is keeping him playing well, keeping him scoring, keeping him assisted, uh, assisting because strikers run on confidence. When they're low on confidence, everything else seems more more complicated. As soon as they regain that confidence, a goal is all that's needed to do that. Antoine Griezmann has been involved in 13 goals for Barcelona um, in his last nine games, which is, which is brilliant, which is absolutely brilliant. Seven goals and six assists in his last 30, uh, in his last nine games, sorry. Um, just brilliant 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 stuff in 2021 you have to say you have to say that Griezmann has really stepped it up okay let's talk about the game let's talk about the game where do you even start well we'll start with the bright spark or the bright start even that Barcelona produced really 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 good start I was thoroughly 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 impressed from Barcelona and uh, a much, much contrasting performance to what we saw in the Supercopa de España final, where we didn't look up for it. We didn't look like we wanted to play uh, a final, which is just the most baffling thing and the most backwards thing um, for a club like Barcelona. But today we came out and we were impressive from the off. One thing that was, for me, the most uh, impressive thing was the speed at which we we moved the ball around. The The, the speed at which we... The tempo, essentially, that we that we uh, injected into the game, and 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 we played to our rhythm and our tempo. You know, we were moving the ball around very quick, uh, very quickly. Um, we were moving very often, and we were creating space and chances from that. Just quickening the pace of the passing and having players take less touches is so, 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 so so good uh it's it's so contrasting to what we we do uh, with with our possession uh, on many other occasions where it's just slow it's sluggish we're not moving around enough players aren't looking for the space players aren't moving into the space as soon as you take less touches and you start playing the ball at a, a, 
at a faster tempo. It's just the difference is staggering. It really, really is. Messi was involved very early on and we established complete control in the game, right? It has to be said. Um, and as I said, the tempo which we were playing was the most impressive thing for me. But listen, we all know far too well that having complete control on a game for Barcelona doesn't always equal goals or a win. So... That is exactly what happened. Ultimately, straight away, we go 1-0 down. Or not straight away, sorry. But we go 1-0 down. Uh, despite having literal, complete control over the game, we were dominating the game. We were the team commanding that game. However, we find ourselves 1-0 down. Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. Ultimately, it is extremely undeserved. Um, if you'd watched the game, you would have seen how in control we were of it. But we let that control slip uh, and ultimately it was a very, very silly mistake from Samuel Mtiti who uh, tried to play a pass outside of the... Um tried to play a pass to, to take the ball outside of our box. But in doing so, it didn't come off and uh, it was snapped up by uh, one of the Granada boys who squared it and it was an easy tap in the end for Kennedy. And it was such a shame, not only for the whole team to go 1-0 down when we've been, you know, dominating the game, but especially I felt for Samuel Umtiti, who is, you know, just starting to get back into this starting eleven after such a long time out through injuries and, and, and through form and whatever he's finally starting to make his mark on the on the starting 11 again and um he makes a mistake like that it's a very very poor mistake from a, for a player of his ca caliber to be making um in that situation when you're swarmed with granada players he had one of either side of him you just have to boot it you know i know with barcelona it's all about playing out from the back and certainly you do that the majority of times but when you have a player at either side of you and the pass out looks difficult you have to just boot it away you just have to but that was the way it was the goal listen it didn't stop us from playing well i thought we still kept up a good tempo our ball circulation ultimately was very good um and that was very pleasing to see um seeing our players as i said taking fewer touches and keeping the ball in motion keeping that ball moving as fast as possible was um was just pivotal and in the first half ultimately we saw a decent messy free kick saved a great save to deny trincao uh, and a number of other positive attacking opportunities for barcelona but we found ourselves 1-0 down going into half time and this this seems to be just so normal now for Barcelona it's, it seems to be an every game occurrence not putting away our chances whilst we're dominating the game and yet conceding normally through an individual defensive mistake which sees us ultimately lose or draw a game or at least be down uh, a goal. Uh, and it's so, so, so frustrating. Despite all our um, attacking opportunities, we didn't convert. We didn't make them count. We weren't lethal enough in front of goal. Um, and that is what you need to be. You know, we. I felt, listen, at halftime, I was just asking for more of the same. We have to continue playing in the same uh, way that we were doing prior to the half, just tighten up in, in, in the defensive era uh, category, you know, because other than that, we were really, really, really the team that was putting putting uh, Granada to the sword. Uh, however, we found ourselves 1-0 down. Then we moved into the, into the second half, and uh, this is where I started to get really angry. This is absurd, absolutely absurd. Griezmann loses the ball on the edge of Granada's box, right? No problem, you'd think. No problem. Wrong. One ball 
from the edge of Granada's box, set Soldado through 1v1 with Marc-Andre Tristegen. And he ultimately, calmly strokes it home into the back of the net, past the sprawling Tristegen. One ball, one ball was all it took. That sounds like a Dua Lipa song, One Kiss is All It Takes. One ball is all it took for Granada to go from... Oh, it's a joke. How, how are we losing the ball on the edge of the opposition's box and in the blink of an eye, in a couple seconds, suddenly our opposition are through 1v1 with our goalkeeper? It makes no sense. That should not be happening. It really, really shouldn't. There's, there's no... no There's no... Listen, I know we play with a high back line. Listen, I'm fully aware of that. But there's no excuse for that kind of thing. You can't let one simple, easy ball that I could have played just set the opposition through 1v1. It's just, it's it's completely unforgivable. And we found ourselves 2-0 down in 47 minutes with an absolute mountain to climb because you know fine well as a club that has the magnitude uh, that we do at Barcelona, as soon as you go 1-0 down especially 2-0 down, every single person on the opposition team is getting behind the ball, making life so difficult for you. You're trying to play through them, around them, past them. Having 11 men behind the ball makes that extremely, extremely difficult. They just sit tight. They stay, um, they stay, you know, switched on and try not have any laps in, in, in their, in their judgment or, or in their positioning. And they just basically keep us trying, keep us knocking at the door, but they stay resolute in the back line. And that's exactly what happened. It was exactly what happened. 11 men behind the ball from Granada and um, and it just made it extremely different, difficult for us and, and then cue Granada's goalkeeper having the best game of his life from that point, moment on you could have just almost guaranteed it we saw a great shot from Lionel Messi in the 60th minute um, but ultimately it was saved uh, and that that was that was a feature that that took place many a time in that game, especially that second half, where the Granada um, goalminder was just on another level at times. Just prior to that, though, in the 56th minute, we saw Serginho Dest come on to replace what looked like an injured Sergio Roberto, and that's really, really not good. This is his first start after coming back from injury, and we really need him in the squad to to bolster it. You know, to ensure that we have cover for Serginho Dest, who has been um struggling with with uh, some some discomfort and uh just having that option there having that backup option there instead of playing you know ultimately a center back in Mingueta a right back we have uh the more natural right back in in Roberto even though you could argue argue sorry he's not even a right back but uh but listen, that's the way it was. And um, Granada were just making life extremely difficult for us. Extremely, extremely difficult for us. Then we had a good opportunity. Trincao absolutely leathers it from the right-hand side and hits the bar. Just oh, so frustrating. You're thinking it has to go in. It has to go in. Right after Trincao hit the bar, that was his cue to leave and exit the field. Uh, in the 62nd minute, we saw Trincao and Umtiti come off for Dembele and Braithwaite. Ronald Koeman sensing that we needed a goal. Of course we did. Um, and he decide, decided to, to throw caution to the wind and take off uh, a defender um, and replace him with an attacker. It was thoroughly necessary. It had to happen. We needed to score. And I'd rather 
have lost that game 4-0 and and not gone for it than than put players on and made sure that we we made a, a thorough attempt at, at getting back into the game but Granada stayed resolute their defense we just couldn't break it down and I just thought someone needs to start taking shots someone needs to start just testing the goalkeeper making him slightly worried you know we needed to stop trying to score the perfect goal we were trying to do everything to make the prettiest goal occur but it's just take a shot make the keeper work he could spill it we could be in for a rebound we need to affect the game in in more of a, a threatening way than just passing it around the box and hoping for for an uh, um, a lapse in judgment a judgment sorry from the Granada defense and, and find a little way through there because that wasn't working we needed to take some shots we weren't doing it and that's what a Pjanic offers you when he is on the pitch 75 minutes in and we saw Ricky Puch replace Busquets. Again, good change from Ronald Koeman. 15 minutes to save our season and he's bringing on a creative attacking midfielder that can play through the lines incredibly well and replaces him. Uh, sorry, replace... Uh, he is the replacement, sorry, to uh, Sergio Busquets, a uh, defensive midfielder. That's exactly what you want. Listen, if you if someone picks up the ball just in the edge of the box, I'd rather it be Ricky Pooch than Busquets. Um, so again, can't not come in for the substitution there. That was very, very important. We had 15 minutes to save our season. This competition is, I said it before, I'll say it again, the most likely we will see Barcelona uh, win silverware in. The league, we're 10 points behind Atletico, who have a game in hand. Um, obviously, we lost the final of the Supercopa de España. And the Champions League, well, if we were to win that, that would be one of the biggest shocks since I found out what sliced bread was um you know i mean it's just this is the biggest chance we have so we had to make it count 78 minutes on the clock and and listen to this we've had 14 corners in 78 minutes could another have had none aren't corners meant to be you know an attacking opportunity an advantage to the attack we need to start making corners count Really, we need to come up with some corner routines. We need to work on it because we have so we have plenty of them. We really do. In the majority of our games, we have a lot of corners. However, they're often played short and then they end up back with Schostegen. Or we put a ball in and no one's really attacking it in the way we would. We have Ronald Arajo in there. He's one of the more likely players that's going to get up, on, uh, up and onto it, really. Uh, but we need to start making these corners count. We've had 14 in 78 minutes and Granada have had none and not one of those 14 corners presented any kind of danger to the to the Granada goal. Then I just thought it was getting ridiculous. We were literally throwing the kitchen sink at Granada and Griezmann attempted a brilliant overhead kick that he connected with very, very well. And ultimately it was saved by the Granada keeper Escandel uh, we just couldn't score. I was just thinking, listen, it's not our night now. We're, we're trying everything. We're literally trying everything. I read out the stat at the beginning um, of the podcast. At the end of the, uh, the match, we had 36 shots. 36. I actually don't remember a time when Barcelona have had that many shots in a game. 20 of them on target as well. So you can understand why I was thinking this just isn't our night. We're just not scoring here. The fact that Granada have scored two goals... Um, and we've scored none is incredible. I just couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. 
There was a back chan, uh, back post chance, sorry, for Antoine Griezmann, but uh, he couldn't direct it goalwards. There was also an Arajo shot that was saved and just nothing was working. Um, and we had five minutes, five minutes or we were going out of the, cu- the cup. Then Dembele hits the bar and I'm thinking, my goodness, what is this? What is this? Where Trinkhaus hit the bar, Dembele's hit the bar, everybody's hitting the bar. We're so close to scoring, we just can't put the ball into the back of the net. And you really felt like it was Granada's. They were walking away with it. They were walking away with it. Two minutes of the normal 90 to play. And finally, we get a bit of fortune A ball, a beautiful ball from Lionel Messi chipped into the path of Antoine Griezmann on that, a very tight angle on on the left. And he just makes contact with it, directs it goalwards and it bounces off the keeper and goes in. I believe it's gone down for a Griezmann uh, goal though, because it was on target. I believe, I'm not 100% sure. As as you know, I record these podcasts straight after uh, the game. So I'll need to check that after. But finally we get a bit of fortune, which is so thoroughly deserved and then we have essentially one minute and whatever uh, time added onto the 90 that the referee has decided to save the season then I thought listen this is it's done now time was ticking on and then Lionel Messi hit the post (sighs) after that we saw Braithwaite he missed it. Well, he actually connected with a header, but he missed it in the in the fact that it was an open header and it should have been going into the back of the net. Braithwaite is not being clinical, not decisive, and I have to say, when he's in threatening goal scoring positions, I don't fancy him to be the one to score. I have to be honest. He just, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. It is what it is. And at that point, I was just thinking, listen, we have done everything we can to win this game, and we deserve to win this game. We just can't score. Then. Cue Jordi Alba. What a what a goal. What an important goal. Messi dinks the ball into Griezmann. Griezmann heads it back to Jordi Alba, who heads it and puts it into the back of the net to make it 2-2 in the 92nd minute of the game. Unbelievable stuff. Griezmann then with a goal and an assist and Jordi Alba's first goal of the evening. Oh my goodness, how relieved I was. Listen, I couldn't care less about going into extra time at that point. I know we've played it so many times this month, or sorry, in the in the month of January. It's now February, but listen, oh my goodness, relief, absolute relief. Finally, the ball goes into the back of the net for us for the second time in the game, and we are level 2-2, back to the drawing board for both teams. We had the momentum, we had the power, we had the precision, we had the energy, we were playing the better football, we were creating the better chances. We were ultimately the better team. And finally, we get that second goal to put it level. And minutes before the ref, sorry, seconds before the referee blows the final whistle, Luis Suarez, not that Luis Suarez, Granada's Luis Suarez is clean through 1v1 with Marc-Andre Tostegan. And I thought, this is it. It's over now. Granada are going to give the biggest blow to Barcelona fans and that team that we've felt since, gosh, I don't know. Finally, we get back into it. It's 2-2. And then I'm seeing Luis Suarez clean through on goal. 1v1 with Tostegan. Just has to get it on target and score. And he drags his shot wide. Oh my goodness. Wow, wow, wow. Thank the heavens. 
Luckily, luckily, we reach the end of normal time and it's 2-2. So we head to extra time. More of the same. That is literally it. More of the same. We've been playing well. We are the better team. We are just need to put the, the ball into the back of the net. Massive chance for Messi early in that first period of extra time. But ultimately, the keeper staves once more. For me, Messi has to be putting those away. You know, it's on his preferred foot, sorry, on his left at an angle from the left. Uh, and ultimately, I just think he has to he has to make the keeper work more. He, he hits it quite straight at the keeper. He needs to get more of a an angle on that and direct it to uh, the, the right post of the goal ultimately and just squeeze it in there but it wasn't to be off of that chance and um, 96 minutes in on the clock and uh, Escandel the uh, Granada keeper has had to make 12 saves uh, my goodness my goodness and there was a hell of a lot more from where that came from for sure then we saw a Braithwaite header a good header this time saved low by Escandel the Granada goalkeeper he does spill it but there's no one there to uh to get onto it ultimately and pounds the closest one was Ronald Arajo but um but he couldn't quite do it and one thing I wanted to mention actually about Ronald Arajo is how important his pace is to our defense he is very quick he's tall he's quick he's strong the three biggest things you want in a defender as well as the ability to defend obviously but um his pace, listen, it cannot be undermined. It's so important. He is always, 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 if ever beaten, able to run back and and really put the either make the tackle and clear away the, the opportunity for the opposition or get back at least enough to put off the opponent. So if he is out of position and he loses the ball or whatever, he is always able to sprint back and, and most of the time against most opposition attackers, get back and, and make the tackle. And then we get the go-ahead goal, the much-deserved go-ahead goal, and it's none other than Antoinette Griezmann. Who else? The man in form. He gets his second of the night and an assist as well, by the way. And it was a brilliant, brilliant header. Two goals and one assist for Griezmann at that point. And what a header it was. I can't remember who put it in the box. I believe it was Jordi Alba. Yeah, it was Jordi Alba with his uh, assist of the evening, um, as well as the goal he scored uh, to make it 2-2. And Griezmann leaps like a salmon and stings like a bee with his head of gorgeous hair. That ponytail working out so well for him. And it's a brilliant thumping header into the back of the net. And we go up 3-2 or 2-3 to Barca, we are in pole position. Finally, we lead the match. Finally, 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 we lead the match after a hundred minutes of play. Seconds later, penalty to Granada. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Straight after and it's called for a foul by Serginio Dest. Now, listen, let me know what you think. I've only seen the replays that were given during the match, but I actually don't think it's a penalty. I just think uh, Dest outmuscles his man, to be fully honest with you. I'm not sure that's a penalty. Uh, maybe it is. Uh, I just thought it was a little soft. The only thing I can think it's it's been given because it wasn't a shoulder barge it was more a push with the leg and if that is the case then yes that is a penalty VAR was active and did have a look at it decided they were happy with the referee's decision decision sorry and it was a penalty and it was taken and cool calm collective 
collected, no, cool, calm and collective. I'm just leaving that phrase alone. It was put into the back of the net from the penalty to make it 3-3 right after, right after we go up 3-2. It's so disappointed. How Granada scored three goals in this game, honestly, it's completely beyond me. I just do not understand how. But what was very clear is that we needed to score the winner in extra time in extra time and not wait for penalties because listen we were so dominant we were so dominant we had chance after chance opportunity after opportunity and we had to put the game to bed we just had to had to put the game to bed because we were so in control I didn't want to leave it up to luck fate whatever you want to call it in penalties Um, ultimately we had to see the game out and finish it put an end to it in extra time That was the first half of extra time that drew to a close and in came the second period of extra time. Uh, That got underway and uh, Lenglet came on for Pedri, uh, I guess, just to shore up the defence as we were playing with one centre-back ultimately. Uh, I guess uh, Frankie de Jong was actually... uh, joining up as a centre-back but with Pedri uh, sorry but with Lenglet coming on it allowed Frankie to move into a more advanced position where we've seen him be so effective this season and ultimately it paid off credit once more to Ronald Koeman for another very good substitution moving Frankie up the pitch and he is the one to make it 4-3 to Barca what a crazy game Messi takes a right-footed shot on the edge of the box the keeper spills it and who's there Who's there to mop up the damage? None other than the other man in form, Frankie de Jong. He strokes at home. And listen, this man is not just on form, he's playing some of the best football, if not the best football of his career at the moment. We have finally, or we are finally seeing that player that we signed from Ajax. But even better, we're seeing a different version of that player with strengths in alternate areas. Not just shining as a single pivot, but I must say his work rate throughout each game is unbelievable. He never gives up. He's always running to win the tackle. He puts 150% into every single game he plays. And that is the mentality of a player that you want to see at Barcelona. Winning mentality, elite mentality from Frankie de Jong. And he deserves every single thing that is coming to him right now with the form, with the goals, with the assists, with all of this incredible play. He deserves it because you see he works for it. He absolutely and utterly and thoroughly works for every every bit of it. So full, full credit for De, uh, to De Jong, who has been magnificent and ultimately puts us 4-3 up. Please, I was thinking, let's not concede at this point. Please, please, please. I do have to mention Serginio Dest. Uh, unfortunately, I, thought, I felt he was very poor. Uh, since he replaced Roberto. Um, He was sloppy. He was quite slow to get back and often very much out of position. And I'm hoping that it's just a bit of uh, cobwebs that need brushing off after coming back from the discomfort and the bit of injury. But yeah, I mean, he he needs to be coached. That is what is clear. He needs to be coached and he he needs to be taught how to fit into the system. Right now, it's a little... It's a little too instinctive. And what I mean by that, you don't want to take away a player's instinctive nature because that is what can be the difference to a player. But it needs to be more controlled. It needs to be more... I, actually, I, I, I listened to uh, 
Thomas Tuchel speaking um, recently uh, about when he was at uh, Paris Saint-Germain, obviously now at Chelsea, but he was talking about how you don't want to take away the instinctive nature of a player. You just want to allow them to be instinctive in uh, a role and in a position that you set out for them. So, for example, he would never tell Neymar how to make a play or whatever, because that's Neymar as a player it's his choice in what to do but he wants him to be making those decisions on what he's going to do how he's going to beat a player how he's going to take a shot if he's going to take a shot if he's going to pass he wants him to be making those decisions in a certain space that he has outlined for uh, each player you know so that's what we need to do with Dest, I, I feel. We need to give him a bit more. He's got a bit too much free, free reign at the moment, and we just need to... We, he needs to be coached. He's a young player. He has so much uh, potential and talent. Um, and I think it's really, really crucial that we really spend time and invest time into uh, coaching him uh, positionally and, and in many other aspects to really... Ultimately, so we're able to fully reap the rewards of the player that he can be. On the other hand, meanwhile, Ricky Pooch, I thought, had been instrumental since coming on. He was running the midfield with De Jong beautifully. Um, they were both, uh, both, of, both of them very aggressive in their play off of the ball, but on the ball, they just glide with it so beautifully, especially De Jong. He glides when he's on the ball so, so elegantly. He's a Rolls Royce of a player. Um, and Ricky Pooch was constantly playing. I mean, his pass accuracy in that game must have been close to 100. It was very, very good. He was also constantly looking for that direct ball that one that's going to cut open the lines of play and ultimately um, surge a Barcelona opportunity so credit to Ricky Puch uh, he looked so so comfortable on the ball he really really did then oh my goodness what a goal and what a way to make it five for Barcelona and put the nail in the coffin Jordi Alba a man that has been criticised so often in this Barcelona team not actually for his attacking, but for his defensive capabilities. Today, all the shine was on his attacking cap capabilities. It was his second goal of the evening, as well as having an assist. And it was unbelievable. Griezmann, with an outside-of-the-boot pass from the middle of the box onto the left-hand side, Jordi Alba just takes a smack at it on the half volley and rockets it into the roof of the net. I could not believe my eyes. And finally, the goal started going in for us. Finally, finally, finally. Griezmann, who had been absolutely instrumental in the game, got his second assist of the night. I mean, listen, wow. Wow, second assist of the night for Antoine Griezmann, as well as two goals. That's not a bad evening for Mr. Antoinette. Brilliant stuff, but the goal from Jordi Alba is top tier. Just a goal in a million for the for the left back. Absolutely smacks it on the half volley and rifles it into the roof of the net. Unbelievable stuff. That's the nail in the coffin. That's the game done, and it's just about letting the next couple of minutes or however long was left I think it was only uh seven minutes uh, seven minutes of play just let these seven minutes glide by and enjoy every moment of it we never gave up though we never let our foot off the gas and that was what was most 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 impressive for me I thought in the game today Frankie was elite Griezmann was decisive Messi ran things and Jordi Alba worked all night unbelievable stuff by the team and that's it 
It's all over. This is what I wrote on uh, my Barcelona-themed Instagram page, the one I run for this podcast. If you haven't followed it already, go over to Instagram, check out at Official, and you'll see the page. Hit follow and we can interact. Stay uh, up to date with each other in between the podcast episodes and you can stay up to date with all the latest and greatest Barcelona news. But this is what I wrote on the on the, the, the post-match uh, photo. Um, uh, this is what I wrote. That's it. It's all over. What looked like a disaster turned into one of the highlights of the season. I'm so, so, so proud of this team for never giving up, for continuing to believe and for finally adopting the winning mentality we've all been craving since things turned pear-shaped four years ago. This is the Barca I know and love. And listen, we still have a mountain to climb as a club, but the positive impact this will have on the players is undeniable. Forza Barca, mi equipo. Listen, the the positive mental impact that this will have on on, on not just the players, not just the, the staff, not just the club as a whole, but the fans as well. Just everyone, everyone, this is going to do wonders for. We came back in the final two minutes of the game from 2-0 down. We never gave up. How often have you seen Barcelona accept defeat in the final few minutes? Not throw the kitchen sink at the team. How often have you seen our mentality weak, shaken, easily got at? Today we showed warrior mentality. We never let our foot off the gas. We reacted in a positive way to every decision that went against us. We fought until the bitter end. And that is what's most impressive. That is what's most impressive. This is a team. That is a team out there. What we watch, that is a team working for each other, working as a unit from top to bottom. Every single one of them deserves credit for today. Every single one, whether they played the full uh, 120 minutes or whether they played two, it doesn't matter. Every single one of them adopted the winning mentality. They were so mentally strong in that game to come back from 2-0 down, to never give up, Then when going 3-2 up, immediately conceding once more to get it back to 3-3, but still not giving up, still kept going until the final, final, final whistle. 120 minutes of play and they never gave up, not once. That is the Barcelona that we saw beat PSG 6-1. That is the type of mentality, sorry, I mean, obviously it's not the same team and it's not at the level that, that that team was. But that is the mentality we need. Never believing that you're down and out. Never, ever. And hopefully, hopefully, this can be a step in the right direction to regaining that kind of winning mentality. Listen, guys, that's been everything for today's episode of Barca Base on the As I See It podcast. I really hope you enjoyed the game tonight. I know I did. Uh, definitely definitely after uh, we came back from 2-0, I started to enjoy it more. But up until that point, it was pretty frustrating. But I really hope you enjoyed the game. Soak it in. Soak it in. Because that very well may be one of the highlights. Well, it's definitely one of the highlights of the season. So soak it in, enjoy it. You have to cherish these moments at football, as a football fan, especially being a Barca fan right now. It's so, you don't know what you're going to get one, one game to the next. So soak it 
in. Today was a victory for Barcelona, an important one. So wallow in the victory. Soak it all in. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Barca Base. And I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.